Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And then during the lunch break, everybody went off and they said, I could if I wanted to drive the car. I thought they don't know what they've said. This is fantastic. So off I went nearly into London and back. It was just great fun. Hi to everybody again. Welcome to session two of Ask Patty. I'll start by saying a big thank you again for all of the questions that we've got submitted. Um, we're going to home in on fashion and modelling with Patty today, and I think it's right to say we've got the most questions on this particular topic. So, Patty, hi. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Tony. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. And uh, we have, we've got a big week, haven't we? Birthday week, or should we not, do we not mention that anymore? Well, I'm sorry. It's just not going to go away. I try and ignore it, but it won't. It just keeps rearing its head. And you've got a lockdown birthday as well. I, I couldn't see that coming. No, this is rather sad. I managed to get out of it last year. Yeah. We had a birthday lunch and then we ran to the country. So let's, like we did last time, let's just dive in. And probably the best place to start with one of the questions is... <laughs> in respect to your modelling career, how did you become a model? How did that career start back in the day? Um, Tony, well, what happened was I was working for a company called Elizabeth Arden, and I was sort of, I had quite a few clients who would come in and out. I didn't actually, I was just like an assistant. And one of the clients said to me, had I ever thought about being a model? So I told a little lie and I said, no, I've never thought of that. And she said, well, I think you could be really good. Why well, I work for a magazine. Why don't you come see me next week? So that was it. I went to see her uh, in Fleet Street and she arranged for me to have a, a photo shoot immediately. And then she took me to meet my who would be my agent. And then that was it. It happened quite quickly then, did it? Was that a short time span we're looking at there? Yes. I mean, I would say in about two weeks. Wow. Yeah. But really. you see, the thing is, but then the hard work starts because then I had to try and persuade photographers to take photographs of me, what would be good for my portfolio, but good for them because they were starting up as well. Yeah. And with this portfolio, gathering many photographs um i would then go and see other photographers my agent gave me a list of photographers all over london and i'd go and see them and show them my portfolio this was really rather humiliating um but you know it's one of those things you have to do so you had an agent but were you doing a lot of this yourself and were you sort of you know treading the pavements knocking on doors yourself oh yes absolutely i had to do that and so sometimes photographers might be in the middle of a session. So they'd say, go away, come back in an hour or two hours or tomorrow or even next week. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're talking, what, 1962, 63? This is sort of right. Yes. The start Six. of the, the, the 60s kicking in, if I can put it that way, with, in terms of what happened culturally, certainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was about 62, 62, 63. Yeah. So it was a lot of work. 
you know, catching buses, catching trains with my A to Z of London. It was a map okay. of London showing yeah. you where everywhere it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, and occasionally I'd see other would-be models as well. You can always spot them. They'd have a big, heavy case, which would be full of their photographs. Yeah. And, and sort of leading on from that being the early days, this is a very sort of general question, but how was your life as a model? Was it exciting? Was it pressurised? Did you enjoy it? Well, to begin with, it was very, very difficult because, one, I didn't have any money. It was very difficult to get money. And sometimes the agency wouldn't pay me for about three months. And then what happened once, which was really very tragic, was one of the photographers died before he paid up. I shouldn't laugh, but you know. Um, and then gradually, uh, my financial situation got a bit better, and I shared a flat with about three other girls. And um, they always had boyfriends coming in and out of the flat, and occasionally I'd go out with somebody, and you know. And it was, it was, it was a great, great fun time. It was just the beginning, the bubbling under yeah. of what would become the most exciting city in the world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What is a photo shoot that you love the most and there's the most space in your heart? What was a favourite session that you did back in the day? Oh, that is such a difficult question to answer because, you know, I did photo. so many, so many, many, many photo sessions. Um, oh. don't Tony, worry. I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. You know, I, you mentioned to me the other day, I like these responses because if anyone thinks that we've sort of pre-planned this and you know these questions and the answer is no, you don't. I'm literally hitting you with, for the first time with these now. So it's yeah. a genuine answer on it. Okay, well, maybe come back to that one. That is a difficult one because you must have done hundreds. and that's, that's a one. Okay, um, now this next question, Matt mentioned, or our, our sorry to guys out there, Matt is our producer and technical guy mentioned that we had a lot of um, questions on fashion and a lot of doubling up. And this probably is one of the um, most popular questions that, that came up. We'd love to know if Patty still has a selection of her favorite iconic 60s or 70s outfits and dresses, etc. Does she still have any? Oh God, I wish I could say yes. But you know, at the time, I didn't really value them totally as much as I should have done. I lent a lot of my clothes to girlfriends uh, who I can't remember now who they were, but you know, things didn't always come back. But I do have a few things. I have a lovely Aussie Clark jacket and uh, a, an all-in-one kind of jumpsuit. Um, and really, that's about it. I remember we, when we were in Liverpool, an exhibition a, couple, well, a few years ago now, you had a couple of pieces one of them by the full, maybe. Do you remember that? Is it? I yes, I do. I, I do. I've got about three pieces by the full, and they are minuscule, minuscule. <laughs> um, and I can't believe I was that skinny, that tiny. I was probably size seven, seven to eight, which is quite small for somebody who's five seven. Um, and they are. I've kept them because they are. They represent a period in history. Um, and I think that they are beautifully made and the fabric is very lovely too. Mm. Um, and I've just kept them for shows, really. Yeah, I remember at, at the exhibition we did, there's a lot of interest in those. It's a photographic exhibition, but we had a couple of mannequins of those dresses and people were mm. drawn to them. It, they, looked, they looked fabulous, they really did. They were beautiful. 
And so can we just talk about the fool just just for a moment there as we mentioned them they were a couple essentially were they a dutch couple they were a dutch couple and well no there were three there were three of them really or four of them one being their sort of manager and the other three were dutch the other three were the creative ones they painted and they designed clothes and they were and they played music they were just the most enchanting three people uh, they were like he, the main guy, was like a Pied Piper, and people would just follow them and just fall in love with them. They were utterly, utterly charming. And then they started making clothes, and their clothes were really beautiful and eccentric. And in a way, I think, as far as I can remember, this is why the Beatles opened their shop called um, Apple. Yeah. on Baker Street and essentially it sold clothes and a few little bits of memorabilia and cards etc but I think it's really because of the fool and the clothes that they made yeah yeah did you you mentioned the Apple store that I think on Baker Street did, were you involved much in that in, in any part of the process in terms of George or the guys coming to you asking you for what maybe should be on sale in there or or even being in there as a working or anything like that or having a presence did that happen no I used to go there occasionally and occasionally I would draw a design or something that I thought was really cool and then I'd give it to the the guys who make the, the pattern cutters and they yeah. made up a couple of my designs which was very nice yeah yeah really yeah. good were they branded as sort of apple dresses and clothes there is that yeah, they have like a couple label in them they did yeah fantastic did you ever think of starting a line of clothing yourself you know like a, a patty fashion brand did that ever come in the mix no not really because i wasn't because i was with george so much it didn't really give me the opportunity to have a career as well which i would needed to have gone in that direction to do it properly yeah. So the way I was doing it was just playing around, really, because, you know, we had access to pattern cutters, to uh, machinists, and to, you know, that that whole, uh, like a factory of people. And if I were to do that seriously, I would have had to have spent all my time doing it. Yeah. And I don't think George would have liked that. <laughs> right. No, I think we understand. Okay. Um Again, several people wrote in with a specific regard to what they call the gladiator sandals. One here, for example, ah. I'd love for Patty to tell us a story behind those incredible gladiator sandals that she wore probably in San Francisco, especially during the walkabout. What's your recollection of those? I designed those sandals. I just had in mind um, something for the summer that wasn't a boot. Uh, I didn't know what colour I wanted, but anyway, I came across a cobbler who would would make up whatever your designs were. And I went in and I said, I want these sandals, like gladiator sandals. And the colour was a sort of lavender, lavender lilac colour, suede. Yeah. And they were so beautiful because I always liked boots that were quite high. But for summer, you know, it didn't really make sense to me. And so these sandals just did it. Fantastic. But for those people that are not aware of them, they were they, they were sort of calf or up calf length and they were sort of circles, weren't they? Or sort of no, it was just so imagine on your shin a strip of, of beautiful suede fabric and then little strips going down to the side where there were 
circles, about three three big circles of this suede. And then um, how did they do up? I can't remember now. Yeah, they must have done up somehow. And the, and the big question: Have you still got those, or have they gone walk about? Sadly, they've trotted off somewhere. Yeah, crazy. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, but there was a lot of interest in those. I think you know, you, you look at specific pieces of clothing that, that uh, a lot of it is iconic, but those in particular, people really honed in on again. So, yeah, oh, I love them. Do yeah. wish I had them. I wish yeah. somebody would remake them. Actually, that would be so good. There you go. There's, a, there's an idea. A, a Here we are. A coming out of lockdown idea. Yes. That one with you. Okay, next question. Where did you, we mentioned the Apple store there, obviously, but where did you shop for clothes in the 60s? Did you have favoured stores? I absolutely adored going to Bieber. And the first Bieber shop I went to was in, uh, it was just off Kensington High Street. And she was just started then. So it was just like one room. But it was packed full of girls, and it was so exciting. Then they opened a much larger store on Kensington High Street. So I used to go there a lot. And, of course, I used to go to Ozzy Clark a lot. And he, I did a few of his fashion shows. Yeah. And Mary Quant, I love going there. Okay, yes, yeah, that's, of course, one of the, the, the iconic names. And did it sort of evolve... As, as how famous you were then in your profile were people sort of falling over themselves and asking you to wear their gear I suppose that's how it would be like footballers nowadays get all their boots given to them just to wear them like, almost like on a sponsorship thing did that happen for you no Tony it wasn't really like that in those days right you shot advert for L'Oreal which I've seen actually I think it was on your website for a little while um where you drive a car into a car wash famously it's a soft top e-type jag i believe um was that jaguar yours and were you actually driving it and do you know what happened to it no it wasn't mine that would have been very nice but it yeah. wasn't um so uh, and i was driving it so they they covered the car on the inside with this heavy sh plastic sheeting <laughs> because obviously you know otherwise it would get soaking wet and it it was it was probably February, so it was pretty cold in England. Yeah. And I had to drive through this car wash, and they were filming it, not just once, but about four times. And so they dry me off and my hair after each take. Yeah. Um, and it was it was fun doing it. It was a, a car wash near Heathrow, I seem to remember. And then during the lunch break, everybody went off, and they said I could if I wanted to drive the car. <gasps> I thought they don't know what they've said. Fantastic. This is fantastic. Yeah. So off I went nearly into London and back. It was just great fun. That's it's a lovely car to drive. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I have seen the advert as it was on your website for a while, if it still isn't, but it's, it's a great advert. Um, when did you pass your driving test? Can you remember? How old were you? <laughs> I, I took it twice. I was uh, 17. Right, okay. And my mother, my God, my mother would sit next to me when I was learning how to drive. She had her hand on the handbrake all the time and she'd just yank it up and we'd come to a, a halt every yeah. so often. It was yeah. very difficult. Anyway, finally I passed it and I was thrilled. Twice is not too bad. I'm sure there's a few more people out there that have done more than two. So yeah, we'll, we'll live with two. That's good. And a reason I'm sort of where I'm going to go to with that is that both George and Eric had, had 
real passion for cars, didn't they? They were, as we call them now, petrol heads or whatever you want to term it, but they were both really into their vehicles, weren't they? Yeah, yes, definitely. Love them, love them. I mean, Eric in particular absolutely adored Ferraris. And he started having a collection quite early on in his career. But he adored them with a passion. And um, George liked a range of different cars, but also George was uh, very interested in proper racing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, I think he may have been, although he's the youngest, I think he may have been the first Beetle to pass his driving test, actually. So he, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe right in that. But I know from the early days he was there with his cars, you know, and. Uh, yeah. And, and, Sorry, yeah. Uh, I think maybe it was his first serious car he got, was the E Type Jaguar when that first came out. My God, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I saw, I saw a picture recently of. Uh, Aston Martin, I don't know, DB5 maybe or something, yeah. outside Kinforn. So I'm guessing, that, you know, that classic car that was probably in Goldfinger, I don't know if it was one of those, but it looked, it's a fantastic photo, a lovely beautiful. car. Beautiful. It's a beautiful car. Yeah. Yeah, I love I them. I know there's plenty of um, editorial press adverts, but did you do any more stuff like that for TV or film? Um, I think I did. Yeah, I did. I can't... Um... I think I did something for a Kleenex company. Oh yeah. Um, I don't. I can't remember. Tony. Yeah. Okay. And do you know what? I'd even forgotten I'd done that until someone showed me, showed it to me. I've done it only relatively recently. Yeah. Uh, just wanted, oh, I, I know what I did. Sorry, Tony. Yeah. Yes, of course I did a TV commercial for um, crisps, chips, crisps. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. And the the director of that those. TV commercials was Dick Lester and many years later Dick Lester was the director on A Hard Day's Night. Of course yeah and that's again sort of a good example of jobs bouncing off other jobs maybe isn't it you know in terms of Mm. the old adage it's not what you know it's who you know and I I sort of think that that's got to be the case in, in what you did as well wasn't it? But I didn't know that I was going to get that um, little part in the Beatles film because I, like a lot of other girls, were in a room and we were called in to see the producers of whatever it was going to be. And when I saw Dick Lester there, I assumed it was going to be for a, a Crisps commercial. Another I had no idea it. it was a film. Yes. Yeah, a big, big surprise what it happened to be. Oh, just like the Beatles movie and you got a piece in that. Yeah, I can imagine your react. Actually, no, they didn't tell you straight away the Beatles no. were involved, did they? No. No, 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 not at all. And uh, just bouncing off that one, actually, um, a question came in about some of the, your old peers and some of the old uh, girls or ladies that you would have worked with, specifically um, Jean and Chrissy Shrimpton. Um, were you close to them? Do you still have any contact with them? That's another question that we had. Um, I absolutely totally looked up to Jean. She was my hero in the modelling world. And she was also a really, really nice girl. I saw her recently because she bought a hotel down in Cornwall. And about four years ago, I I went down there and booked into her hotel. And it was fabulous to see her. She's still utterly gorgeous. And, um, um, and I don't, but I haven't seen Chrissy for a very, very long time. I thought I was going to see her in India last year, but she couldn't come at the last moment. Right, okay. So, but I haven't seen her for ages. Mm. Yeah, because Chrissy was a younger sister, but she also had a yeah. career as well, didn't she? Yeah, Yeah, she did. 
Yeah. Okay. And were you sort of, was there any competition where you sort of compete? You mentioned earlier about carrying your portfolio around. Were these the type of girls that you were in competition with or did they come along a bit later? I think they came along later. I don't think we all saw each other as competitive with each other in my day. We were just, you know, lucky to get the job. You didn't really yeah. resent somebody else having it. Yeah. And you, you touched on or mentioned Mary Quant as well earlier in, in one of your responses. What can you tell us about her? Was she, she was a trailblazer in many ways, wasn't she, back in the early 60s? Yeah, she was. And her designs were sort of quite geometric and uber stylish and um, somehow a little more sophisticated than Ozzy Clark's outfits. Um, um, and I loved wearing Mary Quant's clothes, loved them. And she's really cool as well. And her husband, Alexander, was very nice. They were an amazing couple. They took me to New York on one trip. And um, th they, were, they were really good, great yeah. to work with. Yeah, brilliant, okay. Uh, I would like to ask who Patty's favorite photographer was during the 60s in her modeling days who actually pho photographed her. So who was your favorite? Did you have a favorite? Is that a difficult one? Yeah, I know there was a photographer called Barry Lattigan who was the most gentle, the sweetest photographer. And um, I did a lot of work with him. And then I also um, did work for him for his portfolio, but then he'd give me prints as well. So it was a two-way um, situation. He was great to work with. And all the models I used to chat with, we'd all say how great Barry made us look. I don't know, maybe it was his lighting, I don't know. But he did. He was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and of course, Bailey, but that's, you know, that's, we already know, you know, he was a great photographer. Yeah. But um, not many people speak about Barry. Okay, that's interesting. Um, another interesting question here. How was, the, how was the transition period? I think the question is how quickly and easily were the transition periods between fashion styles in the 60s? I mean, if you, again, you'll talk about you, I'm sure. If you look at the Beatles, they went from their suits to sort of longer hair, to psychedelia, to hippie sort of look. And it was almost bang, 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 very quickly. Was that easy? Did it sort of literally happen like that overnight, as it seemed to us? Yes, it did. I mean, what we're talking about a very short period of time where an awful lot happened. An awful lot of changes were made. Fashion changed and it was exciting, I suppose. Um, I mean, like today, we have Fashion Week maybe three times a year for spring, summer, autumn, winter, fall. Well, we didn't really have that then, but, well, I suppose they did, but I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, um, it probably just happened, didn't it? <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. You know, just, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just happened. With influences, exactly. And did you participate in George's choice of Levi's? Now, that's a very specific question. I've got a more general one where someone has written in asking, did you have much influence over both George's and Eric's in particular choice of clothes? Were they, did they choose their own? Did you sort of give them a nudge here and there? Um, Eric chose his own. He was a particularly snappy dresser. I loved what he wore and how he put himself together. thought he was really, really unique and stylish. Um, George kind of 
George was particular in what he wanted. Uh, it's difficult to say. And maybe I would go shopping with George more than Eric. Right. Now, we, we said this is going to be about fashion and modelling. So let's get back to that to a degree. A lot of, again, a lot of people, a lot of ladies and girls writing in about beauty and makeup, etc. So can you share some of your beauty secrets, tips with diet, exercise, good nutrition, makeup, etc.? So have you got any Patty Boyd top tips on any of those bits, Patty? Well, I realise that... Um... The best way to lose weight and feel healthy and have a healthy gut is to eat earlier in the evening, say about seven, not to eat late, certainly, so you don't go to bed on a full stomach. Um, and beauty, I mean, the thing is, I think it's essential to remove your makeup and then re remove all your makeup and then to tone it and then to put a, a night cream on. I think that's really. Um, essential for women girls okay uh, yeah it's a good one and and, yeah. and also exercise please yeah. everybody walk every day do at least half an hour's walk it's so good not just a not a dawdle no a fast walk where you move your arms as well so that you get the blood flowing into your whole system yeah 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 and of course, with lockdown, with walking our dogs and everything else, that sort of comes to the fore, hasn't it, really? You know, get out. Yeah. Yeah, we're all there with that one. Um, did you have a favourite perfume back in the day? Is it still the same one now? What can you tell us about that? Back in the day, I used to wear a perfume called Jiki, J-I-C-K-Y, by Guerlain. It was so wonderful. Slightly spicy and flowery but just a little bit it was just glorious 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 then i fell in love with tuberose tuberose perfume and of course i love patchouli oil and what else did i love are these still, are these still around today patty are you still using i think i think you can find jicky i think you can but there's one I'm trying to think of that I just absolutely adored. I adored it so much, it slipped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sort of an interesting question. You may have touched on this one already, but the exact question is, the older generation were known for being quite judgmental towards you and your peers. Did you receive a lot of criticism for your role as a model and a sort of Beatle wife in general? Was it a difficult one to handle? I guess maybe for the media as well there um i only remember one incident i went out shopping with a, a friend of mine inisha and this woman stopped and said to me do you know what you look like and i was wearing a particularly short dress and i said well yes i looked in the mirror before i came out and she said it's disgusting you look disgusting and off she went it's just because I was wearing a very short dress, that's all. Yeah, which I guess a lot of the other girls of the time were as well. I can imagine a sort of yeah. waving a handbag at you or something like that. Yes, know? I mean, it's fine in London, obviously, but um, in anyway. In the suburbs, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, would you have been, if, you, if your life had taken a different route, if you hadn't become a model, for example, what was, did you have a plan? What do you think you would have done as a career or a job? Well, I would like to have been a gymnast or a doctor. Right, okay. So that was a bit of a life plan sort of bubbling somewhere, was it? 
it was in my, you know, my early teenage years. Uh, I was fascinated by doctors and nurses. And I think I had, when I had my tonsils out, right. the hospital opened up a whole new world. And I thought, yeah. oh, I want to be able to help all these poor children in the same ward that I was in. And so I thought, oh, if I could be a doctor, this would be something that I could give and help these poor children who were crying quite often, yeah, you know, yeah. in the wood. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But not a lot of people will know that. But yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. Okay, Patty, I think that's going to wrap it up for session two. So many interesting answers there. Thank you so much for being as open as you always are. And um, yeah, I hope people enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye-bye.